Uh, Catofonia, man. We got Catofonia in the building, man. Uh, oh for those that don't know, come on, man. I'm your host, bro. You already know where to follow me at, bro. The producer number four on Instagram. Uh, Kato, go ahead. Introduce yourself, big bro. Well, shit. Oh, motherfucker, Kato, man. Man, the motherfuckers better. <laughs> you supposed to have that ready. Uh, man, I'm ready. So, okay, well, let's You're get supposed to have my intro. Let me, let me I mean, I, I, for him. I watch your show. Why well, I can't get an intro? Oh, 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 let me, I'm going to give you the coldest intro. Thank you. Listen, it's the one oh, and only. This is the sons and daughters of bitches. Oh, my God, damn. Mother, I want the shit that the mother niggas got. Hey, you go, listen, look. Let me tell, let me, let me, let me tell the people who you Come are. Come on, man. So crazy. I got Mr. L.A. himself, Kato Fonia, a podcaster, a rapper, influencer, content creator. If you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Mr. Kato Fonia. Oh, my mama. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and if y'all don't know, y'all can check him out on the Smoke A Lot podcast. It's on Digital Soapbox Network, and you can go find that on Yuck Mouth TV. Is uh, smoke a lot radio, smoke a lot radio, radio. You hear it, smoke a lot radio, yuck mouth. Shout out to yuck mouth, Simone Taylor, and not only shout out to my boy Kato, man. So let's get into it, man. I had to get you in here, man. Man, so it took a lot of going to. I, I had more issues than Sports Illustrated, so I <laughs> uh, don't trip, man. But well, I fuck with you like that, so I want to make sure you know we've been supposed to do this shit even before pandemic, you know, saying we have been reaching out for the rock. I'm going to put up an Inglewood at the spot. So yep. whether you know it or not, I want to make it my business to hop on your shit because we had talked earlier, but I know that a lot of issues beyond our control. Yep. But if you're a real motherfucker, mm -hmm. not like I'm trying to question nobody else's realness. I'm just praising my own. Right. You're going to reach out to your niggas and say, hey, remember we were supposed to rock? I know what it's like doing the podcast shit, man. And um, it's the new West Coast Gold Rush, my nigga. So yep. like we was talking earlier, it's, it's about your content and about how you treat people. And that's what's going to make your shit pop. Mm -hmm. And you know what's so crazy? It's funny that you said that because you kept it solid from the first time I hit you up. It wasn't no uh, ignoring the DM or it wasn't no, oh, I'm not going to text you back or it wasn't this or it wasn't that. And if it was a situation to where, okay, we couldn't link up. You let that be known. And then not only that, I want to thank you for just even taking your time out just to, you know what I'm saying, give me this opportunity just to interview you. Because I know you're a grown man. You got other shit to do. You could be out but, here working on your own shit. You feel what I'm but saying? But I also appreciate you even feeling like this is an opportunity. Because oh, yeah, that lets no me know that, you know, something about my my um, my my um existence is dope to you. So a lot of people don't like to uh acknowledge the fact that some of you niggas be getting interviewed and you might not be that popping. So don't act all that funny with the interviewer, my nigga, because we as interviewers, I'm a rapper. Yep. I'm an artist. I'm a producer. I'm a co-writer. I'm a writer. I'm a whatever the fuck I am. Mm -hmm. But I also have wore so many hats to understand that sometime when the weather cold outside, you need a hat and when it's hot, you don't. I respect my hats. A lot, of the, a lot of us as people that want to put out content want to get spicy a little too early and you got to realize that the media is what's going to make us work. 
Understood. I have to tell a rapper. Right. Understood. I'm going to be here when you're not. Mm-hmm. Bro, the producer going to be here when you rappers are not. Understood. When you tired of rapping and your baby mama done put the pressure to let you know you wasn't that dope and you went on and tapped out, cuz still interviewing people that didn't tap out. So calm down. But hey, I'm going to leave that Heard it from Big Bro himself. Let's get it. Look, this is your first time on the platform, right? So I want to get into it real quick. For those yeah. people that don't know, you was born and raised in, in South Central California? Yeah, um, South Central California. King Western was called a street called Santa Barbara at the time. Santa Barbara. At the time. I'm older. My birthday this weekend. Mm-hmm. I embrace my age. I'm not some older nigga trying to hold on to his hip hop because right. I know that I know that my existence is hip hop. Right. Exactly. So I want to uh, ask you this, bro, because I know you older than me, right? Yeah. And you was you was growing up in in South Central, right? Yes. And. What was going on? Let's just say even before like your journey, just getting into just diving into maybe even a street type deal or before you was rapping, before you was, you know, doing a tagging thing. What was going on? What was South Central like when you was like, let's say in elementary school? How was it for you? Elementary school was was crazy because, you know, I come from the era where you can walk two, three blocks to the school if you're seven, eight years old. Mm. And the crossing guard know who you are, the person in the grocery store, the person, the neighbors. It was a community thing. So me growing up in South Central, in the heart of South Central, um, it was really all love. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's a big reason I wanted to come on your show, because I know you interview a lot of niggas from street culture. Yes, sir. Every hood street culture ain't the same. The neighborhood I grew up in. You, you was proud to be in that neighborhood. You was proud to, because you knew Miss Miss Norris on the corner, the Crosby's on the corner. My, you know, my grandfather started the neighborhood watch in the 30s. He was the uh, patriarch. He was the patriarch of the whole neighborhood watch movement. I grew up on 41st and Harvard my whole life. Mm-hmm. King Elementary, it was called Santa Barbara at the time. So wait, King, wait, King Elementary was called Santa Barbara? It was Santa Barbara Elementary and that street King Boulevard was called Santa Barbara. Oh, I was man. the person that gave the speech in 1986, I believe, that uh, changed the street over. That's when the Challenger shuttle blew up. The anniversary just passed. First black. Wait, you, uh, wait, wait, we got to back that up. You said you you was the first person to give the speech for them to change the name? They, they, um, they needed, there was a speech contest, um, by Martin Luther King. Okay. And, you know, at that time, you know, at this time also, I, I, you know, I studied the works and the teachings of Dr. King. I was blessed enough to march with Martin Luther King III at Genesis 6 in 2006, in uh, Louisiana. So I said that to bring the reference to how the Matrix go. It was a speech contest. I was one of the persons that in elementary at third and fourth grade, I was a third grader at the time, third, fourth grader, I believe. Right. And um, I was in Miss Bullany class, you know, what I'm saying that oh. at uh, Santa Barbara Elementary, and uh, it was a speech contest, and they needed a speech, and that speech I won, and I was the inaugural. If you can go through the history of King Elementary's records, somebody has it, and I the because uh rerun from what's happening, yep. his son went there too, so he would come there sometime, and Michael Cooper, and you know, and we Michael wasn't uh, NBA player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Cooper from the Lakers. From the Lakers. And uh, I gave the speech that inaugurated the street from being Santa Barbara 
to King Boulevard. Oh shit! And um, at that time, the like, king, like, hold on. the king, you, pass, you going, you passing that up because I don't think the people need to hear that because that that's a this this kind of like exclusive. You know what I'm saying? Kato, if you didn't hear him, this was the first all from all of y'all on the west side. King Boulevard was Santa Barbara at the Santa time. Santa Barbara Boulevard at one time, and the King Parade went from La Cienega to Vermont at one time. Okay, got you. And he was the first to give the and it wasn't always fighting and bullshit at the King Parade. But say what you got to say because I want to. He was the first to give the inauguration speech that changed over the street from Santa Barbara to King Boulevard. Continue. Yes, and uh, it's, it's older brothers and all the people that can fact check it. I'm Larry Jones Jr., so you can go through the things or whatever. It was a uh, Mayor Tom Bradley and the governor was Duke Majin at the time. Okay. Governor Duke Major. That was our governor. I know that because I was in the goddamn program. So right, right. I, to, I was sitting next to these people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got relationships. You know who they are. You know who they are. I've been are. hanging out with mayors right. and, 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 and governors. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> On my mama. But oh it's, it's my a community, mama. it's a community thing because at that time you're doing that, you don't know what you're doing. You're just the guy in class that wanna be dope. Yeah, and you know, what I'm saying about me blessed to have the grandparents and the parents that I had, I was put in a position to be uh, prolific with my words, and I could read good. So that's how I won the contest to be able to per be the person that gave that inaugural invitation to something um, historic that went down in Los Angeles. And right now, when you think of King Boulevard, it don't get no hooder than what I did. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying for real. You changed the name. And I know, and, and it's a King Park over there too. So we ain't gonna and, say and, and, how deep your influence was. And, and whether you like me personally or not, that's something you can't take from me. Can't take it from them. You can, you can. Because nobody wanted to stay. Nobody wanted to keep it hunting when nobody was looking. Everybody, see, South Central niggas are were, were smart mm -hmm. because you couldn't come outside to be hood if you weren't smart enough to finish your shit in the in the house, and then your folks let you come outside. Understood. Okay, so you you would say you grew up with some sort of you had structure in your home. We had structure, and most South Central niggas did from the thirties to the hundreds to the east side to the west side. It was structure. It was just the point when they start making structure and start acting like it didn't count. So you left a lot of smart ass gangsters hmm. with intelligence. They don't they didn't know how to direct it and where to use it because their lifestyle wasn't congruent to all that education because it was about muscle swag and survival not so much you know educational and, shit and, and I, you know what that's crazy because i want to i want to i want to touch on that well you 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 was a well real quick you was the only sibling it was or it was you had multiple siblings in all. no 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 i got a big sister you know what i'm saying and um she was in the community but my staple in the community is different because i was one of those um the free lunchtime in the summertime program. Uh, I'm there every year. I was the bagging champion, the carom champion. Oh, uh, we know, you know what I'm we know about the jokes, nigga. Kato got the most jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah my jokes is about having fun with people, not talking about you though. Right, right. So my right. jokes go different, so that's why I don't probably mesh with a lot of niggas. Because okay. I like to tell jokes to make you have fun and laugh, not to demean you right. or expose certain things about yourself that's probably not the other motherfuckers business got you okay it's a thin line between bagging and talking about a person 
That I, I agree with you on that. It's true. But I will say, quick note though, the joke is never funny. It it, ha, it it's always some truth and bagging though. And that's why I was gotta, so prolific. You gotta, you gotta have truth for it to be funny. I, I had a teacher named Dr. Calhoun that used to get at me like I was so good at the joke, she would be like, Why don't you say positive jokes? I'm like, You mean positive what the fuck jokes? Is that? Yeah. And I learned what she meant. Mm, I got you. I got and you. And that's why I say it's that thin line. You know what I'm saying? I brought I bring her up a lot because people need their flowers while they're here and they need to, and people need to understand that we're all built off an of energy of other energy. Right. That's why this pandemic is fucking us up so much because people need people. People need people. We need we need each other, my nigga. I agree. I need me some blood niggas, some hoover niggas, some gangster niggas, some Mexican niggas, because that's what the makeup of me is. I'm a real nigga. So it's an element and all that. I need to be around some thug shit. I need to be around some happy shit. I need to be around women. I need to be around my kids. People need people. We need each other. Mm -hmm. So that energy is very important. So another reason I wanted to come on your show in particular, because I know the style of niggas you interview. Understood. So if I can be a motherfucker that spin a certain energy, yep, that's what I'm gonna do. And I, hey, and I appreciate you again, man. Let me backtrack real quick. So you did the inauguration speech. They changed the name. You At had- that time, I didn't know what I was doing, though. Oh, well, sometimes we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we don't know. Shit, I don't think Michael Jordan knew he was Michael Jordan when he was Michael Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Kobe didn't know he was Kobe and when he was Kobe. You know what I'm saying? And I appreciate them goddamn inferences. Come on, man. You know, man. Them the ghosts. So you went, okay, so after that, that was in elementary school. Yes. You graduate, go to junior high. What junior high you went to? I went to Audubon. Now, that junior high is kind of critical. The hottest, the hottest junior high in the 90s. Everybody know that. Wasn't nothing doper than Audubon or Laces. What made Them Audubon was the hottest ju- Nigga, LACS. What no what no beautiful women uh, and uh, you know the black people ran the community at that time. So you got strong black men coming out of Baldwin Hills, Windsor Hills, Viewpoint area, black areas. Uh, you, you feel right, me? So you, you absolutely right. Uh-huh. That's what right. it was, my nigga. So on I, some real, that, on that, some that's real what I'm trying to because that that's what I'm trying to get to, Kato. Because you you said it you said it for me, right? So let me. Because for me personally, I got a problem with people because I grew up everywhere in L.A. I'm an east side baby, though, right? But I grew up everywhere. I, but I was fortunate enough to, you feel me? I was fortunate enough to have parents and have a mama that didn't play that shit. You had to squabble. You better not turn that fade down, but you better not come in this house with this oh, shit, right? Oh, what's the first thing your mama say? Dressing you up for school. If somebody hit you, you better, you hit, better their hit, their hit their motherfucking hit their back. Facts. That's a a big fact. Now look, now me personally, right? I didn't, I didn't join a gang per se or nothing like that. But it was always around me, and a lot of my homies was gang members. I got family that was gang members and shit. And like you said, bro, I always wonder, like, you got people that come from structured homes. You got people that are smart, educated. What makes somebody go that route? Because people like to. People like to say, I guess, being educated or being smart ain't cool when you in the streets. What shit is that? Okay, you got niggas that's from the hood and you got niggas that's from the set. Uh, 
two different things. Niggas that's from the hood don't have to get put on. You're from the hood. It's your community. That's what it is. Right. Is this view that style of nigga? Of course, you're going to get changed. You still got to do your squabble up and all that other you shit. You got to do your squabble ups. Yeah. But when you're from the set, mm-hmm. you might be somebody's cousin, somebody's nephew, somebody's palmcaster ass folks, somebody's. And then they get addicted to the hood, but don't understand that the hood exists because of the love of our community. Mm. So they don't, so they, they don't really have that love because they're not from the hood. The hood exists because we love our community. Hmm. 39th and Western. Damn, shit done froze up. Right? I'm from the community. I'm from the hood. Regardless of what the 30s would have been called, that's where I would have been from. Now you have people that can pick a hood like it's their favorite rapper, like it's their favorite. You know how sexy Crenshaw is. Yeah. I went to Crenshaw High. I didn't go to Manual. Mm. I ended up at Dorsey for a high second. Mm-hmm. But our 30 schools are Dorsey and Manual. Mm-hmm. I'm from a structure. So it's like, we want you to go to every school. I, I wasn't even allowed to go to Foshe, which is our shit. Damn. So I had to go to Audubon. Okay. First time I ever seen a blood in person was at Audubon. Because I'm in the jungles. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But at you the same time, the 40s, the 40s run that. Mm-hmm. In the jungles. Mm-hmm. Out, out the 30s. Mm. Other than Avenue Harlem's, it wasn't a lot of people went to Audubon like that because not trying to put my hood on a pedestal or put my hood on an inferior level, but a lot of homies from the hood didn't fuck with school. It was too busy cripping. Mm. So 30s don't have a school. We got schools we going to and get it in. Hamilton High, L.A. Max, and you know what I'm saying? Shit like that, but we wasn't really tripping off that because it was too busy representing our happy community. And that's my generation. Got you. I'm from the generation of tagging and dancing. And so we broke our neck not to gangbang to try to wear these clothes and wear these things because we like, we ain't banging. Right. But when you live a lifestyle of South Central, you are banging. That, if you that, from We Got the Bitches. It's a fine line. If you, if you from We Got the Bitches, We Got the Bitches got beef with We Got All the Bitches. And like the, the posse bad. shit. Yeah. So you got the E Dubs, the MVPs, the the K Dubs, the the, the the MBTs before it was trouble game. It was it was it was, it was we changed the dress code of the streets. I'm from that culture. Right. Taggers, tag bangers, whatever you want to call us. Yep. We start beating up the gang bangers. Niggas from hood start sicking niggas on us. The baggy pants niggas, like the little niggas wear skinny pants. We wore big pants. Wait, so what wait, wait. So let me ask you. So you came in effect because them little niggas didn't want to look like they big brother. So they start wearing skinny pants because they knew that they big brother back in the day used to wear big pants. It wasn't that they was gay or faggots or bitch ass so niggas. So the that's skinny pants ain't to, new. That's why you can go to different cities and them skinny jang niggas is pulling out choppers out them skinny jeans. They didn't start doing that because something was wrong with their gender. They start doing that because they didn't want to look like they big brothers. Which was the baggy pants niggas? Us. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> Wait. Give them niggas more credit. You just they said- wasn't followers, so they were. And then at the beginning of gang banging, 
and street niggas and real shit, everybody wore their size. That was the dope shit. You go to the 70s, your daddy had some motherfucking big bulges on with bell bottoms. That's how your daddy looked. Your daddy didn't have no MCM sweatsuit on or Adidas, none of that shit on, nigga. Right. His little, bro his little brother did. Not your daddy. Your uncle did. So you so you would say so. Okay, so you oh at, let me ask you this. Let me revert real quick. At what I point did you start telling? So I spin your shit on No, nah, don't don't trip. Nah, do your thing. I want you to do you, big bro. Do you. But I'm saying, at what point did you start getting into the tagging? Right out of elementary, because um Crippin was so hard, you wanted an outlet. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be good in basketball good in sports, so the big guys would pick me. And then I was the nigga with the bomb basketball, so yeah. I make that first shot, yeah. I could pick the team. That's what made me good in basketball, so it was it was, it was was relevant. But you never thought, like, I don't want to be this, I want to be this. You just knew that you wanted some type of freedom with your mind to be creative. Mm. And sports and hip-hop culture gave you that, so when hip-hop came to the West Coast, we didn't dance as bomb as them niggas, but we could pop lock. We had swag. Mm -hmm. We might not wear big ass Jordan shoes. We're gonna put some fly ass Pumas on. Some <laughs> some canvas, some canvas sneakers. Right. So understood. I first started wanting to be on that shit that you talking about. That that's supposed to be when I just looked at it's our culture got a chance to make a name for itself. And so I, I looked at Beach Street and looked at shit, but I also looked at the niggas on the corner. And colors came out. And so it kind of threw you off from being about hip hop when colors came out. Understood. It kind of switched. So it was like, so it was like I had Stevie and Damo and certain niggas that house danced. And when that came out, that was our outlet. Okay. So it was like, we're going to dance, we're going to scribe and write on our buses because we didn't have the walls New York had. We didn't have subways, we had the bus. So we tried to mimic what New York was doing. So we tagged, we danced, but we had house dancing. They had the whole shit. So we was catering, we was catering to the to the New York to the East Coast, right? As far as culture to escape what our reality was, which was crack and blood. So you would say and eventually, yeah, it got separated into groove and move because mm. it was only two at first. You just had to worry about red and blue. And then when that lifestyle got to being so influential, and yep. you know about the 2000 floor in the county, came, but I'm getting ahead of shit. <laughs> Let me stop. No, nah, do your thing. But you, but so I, I'm glad you said that though, because now pe the people get to see obviously this was your introduction just to hip hop in itself. I broke my neck not to fuck with no gang because, like I said, I don't have a big brother. Right. You and I, I, my big brother was the free lunch programs. And going to King Elementary, getting them coffee cakes and summertime. And in the summer, I met all the gangbangers of the community. So when, remember, I went to the same elementary from kindergarten to sixth grade. Oh, so oh, all yeah. those summers, I met the gangbangers that I didn't know in those winter sessions and inner summer sessions and spring set spring breaks. And then they open up the pro the playground mm -hmm. so you can go play caramel, play basketball, yep. and whoopie whoop. So that's why caramels. the community it was about the community, right? I didn't know I was cripping. 
I just knew I loved my niggas, and it wasn't no other niggas I did I loved more than them. Now your tag it just so happened that we was named the Harlem Crips, the Rolling Thirties. But whatever that area would have been called, I was gonna be from that shit. You gonna be from it? Period. Well, let me ask you this: Your tagging crew, it was ATK. Am I correct? No, no, no. ATC. I was a K dub though. There you go. I was a K dub. I was from Kingsville style, addicted to crime, fuck school, FS, fuck society. I had a couple of things I made up, but the only reason I didn't turn trouble, like my cousin Kedrick and and all a lot of homies from the hood, because hold on real quick for a lot of these people that don't know, some hoods there is a few hoods in LA. That kind of started off as tagger gangs and then they turned into they stayed. Real Trouble Gang, Gang 51 They they weathered the storm. Who the they did again? I didn't turn trouble. Five one trouble gang. All right. All deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Them is my niggas. Yeah. Because we all was taggers, but they they the niggas that said fuck that. RIP one. People don't know that fuck a lot of most of the niggas from Five Five neighborhood mm-hmm. is KWSs. Oh, Kings with style. Because at one time, Five Five Neighborhood was called Five One Big Time Hustle, Big Time Hustle, BTH, BTH, Big Time Hustle. I had the Hazel Eye nigga from there. You know, say they had a nigga from Legend Crip running around there and all that. And at one time, a lot of those hoods got a lot of members because the beef with Trouble and Kato was so deep. Yep. Niggas went on and turned five five just to specifically beef with them, but I'm not gonna speak on another hood's business. Understood, respect. But yeah. you know, uh, um, Bang and D Lore niggas and and, and J Boy niggas know I'm talking real, so I don't have no inhibitions about what I'm saying. Right, man. But, I everybody know you who you are in the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, I'm just saying, though, I got to keep it 100 when ain't nobody looking. Right, exactly. Big and fact. That's how, that's how we do this shit. So I I didn't turn trouble. Because I liked it dancing more, I yeah. liked it tagging more, and trouble was more on the banging shit. And then all my friends was from it, so it kind of wasn't fun. Understood. So I was like always a nigga against the grain. So I turned kind of on niggas. You and was a nigga. Club. Well, let me ask you this real quick. I don't mean to cut you off, but it's all good. I think for me too. Would you? I think I didn't have no big brother neither, right? So. I think for me, I never really grew up looking up to nobody. So when I got older, I never understood the structure of following somebody. I'm looking up to somebody. Nigga, I'm going to do what I want to do. And oh, all 10 of my homies is smoking. I'm going to be the, I'm not going to smoke then. If it's 10 of them niggas smoking, then I'm going to smoke. I always been that type of dude. So it kind of sounds similar. But my question is, you put in all of this work not to be a part of it. And but how at what point how the hell do it happen? You know what I'm saying? Because you because go from, when it's because when it real it's what it is, and when you when you who you are, it ain't no getting around it. I didn't know I was avoiding anything, so I mean saying what I didn't know I was avoiding nothing, and I didn't know I was coming into nothing. So it wasn't no thing. It wasn't a thing. Remember, I'm a nerd with a behavior, behavior problem, and I wear my hat on being extra smart and extra. I was a nerd. Spelling Bee champion, right? Speech contest champion for Pacific Bell. That's how I made it to do the speech to change the street over. And I never mm-hmm. forgot that. So when I do these summer programs and I'm dealing with niggas on a regular tip, they respect Lil Larry because they're like, damn. And I, I was some of these niggas' educated, educated friend that they didn't have. Mm-hmm. I was the nigga that was good at bagging and good at this and that, but 
My friends probably didn't dress fresh. My friends probably wasn't dope like that. And I didn't, it wasn't about being dope. I was just an individual article that wasn't finna let nobody curtail our energy because of my size. So if I gotta be the nigga in the front, that's what it's gonna be. That's, you know, that's but that's, you get deeper be. in the fucking when you see I got shot up three different times and what you will, but you listen to music and you don't hear nothing about it mm-hmm. because I'm blessed that I survive, but I don't hang my hat on getting in trouble and fucking up. Right. And I think the people need to hear that part too. But I'm blessed that I survived, but I don't hang my hat on fucking up. You heard it here. You got shot on it. it you go with so, uh, three. Basically, you three this different high, occasions. Look, this is hindsight. Hindsight is twenty twenty. You was looking back at the time. You you were saying you was pretty much looking for separate outlets because you didn't want to be a part of the game. But then at, while you're doing it, you're not realizing that's what you're doing. Until I'm actually, actually banging. Noted. I'm still fighting people. I'm still about a certain number or a group of letters right. that I'm representing. So I'm banging. Understood. We'll be on the bus stop 12, 1 in the morning. A group of Crips of Bloods, Grooves of Thugs, Moves of Thugs walk up and are tagging ass to beat their ass up. So you really banging for so real. So they got to run in their hood and say they got beat up by the We Got the Bitches niggas. <laughs> I say that because I don't want to say no particular. So I, I just give a. So then they got to go to their big, big homies. Yep. And explain that. Right. And then their big homies realize a lot of the niggas from We Got the Bitches Tuck. live in their community. Mm. That's that's Sandra niece. That's Sonya nephew. That's because we had girls too. So it was like, damn. All of a sudden, the gangbangers want to dress like us. Because it got to the point where you can't even crack no bitches if you wasn't boogieing in the party, dressing fresh. Wallflowers got no pussy. Oh, understood. All the little gang back so niggas. All the niggas from the gangs danced and was swagging at one time. It, just swa- it, it wasn't a word called swag. It was called style. All right. Got you. It wasn't swag yet. But it's the same, it's the same um, formula. Understood. Everybody want to have fun, enjoy their youth, and represent they 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 solidity of their lifestyle, gotcha. and that's the point, bro. Gotcha. It ain't about me praising my generation to shit on the new ones, but I'm a big homie, and I want the young homies to know I'm not a big homie that's against y'all. I want to learn like I want to give y'all game. Right, right. So you went from it, you you pretty much grew up in your hood. Then after Audubon, you went to Crenshaw, and then eventually yeah. you drew. I went to Dorsey. For a high year, and I went to tap for a high semester because I, I started getting kicked out of everything. But now you can answer the question. That's when, <laughs> okay, I so. want to give I want to give those schools they cause cause it's gonna be people gonna be like nigga he went yeah I did too motherfucker bitch <laughs> you saw y'all heard him he went to Dorsey for a little bit and uh tab too nigga tab, but he did, ended up yeah. did you graduate from Chris or did you graduate I didn't graduate from high school okay. I got shot at when I went to Whitney Young me and homegirl Cognac and Doggies Angels. What's up, Kim? My nigga. Shout and, out to uh, her. I got shot. And then I dropped out and I ended up getting a record deal with Marlon B. And we dropped the song Paper Chase. I'm going fast, but I don't know what your time is for my long ass boring oh, no, story. I'm chilling, whatever. I'm on your time. I'm cool and I got all night. But uh mm-hmm. I ended up being blessed with an opportunity to uh help somebody with his own album. Marlon B used to write for Coming of Age. And uh, Mike and wait, Stanford that was a group with uh TQ in it, right? No, 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 that was uh, 
I saw coming up. The singing group, right? Coming of age had that song. I swear from the moon and the stars. That's before your time, but your listeners gonna know. All right, got you. So my conception was the first West Coast Suge Knight. All right. People don't know about my conception. Oh, yeah. And your nephews. Yeah. Jameer's in there. In the wheelchair. I want to be your teddy bear. That was it. So my my nigga, I started doing the music. We used to write with them. And we went to Crenshaw together. And this one day, I went to jail for selling some weed. My Uncle Mac bailed me out. And my boy Marlon B asked me to come to the studio with him. I didn't know what he wanted me to do. So I told him I'll bring bitches and some liquor. Yeah. I was just good at cracking holes and drinking and smoking. That right. was the thing. And then in that thing, I ended up doing a hook and an ad lib. And that's where my rap career started. But I never had admirations of rap, even though you'll find other people that'll tell you, man, Cato used to freestyle the Olive on Winter says, Yeah, I did, but it wasn't to be a rapper. Right. It's because it was fun. So you it's also look, it's I'm glad you said it because. And for the people that's listening, you know, your whole is all your story is coming together. So it's obvious to me how you ended up started rapping. How you you go from the inauguration speech to being a rapper. You got an educated kid that's in school. You attached to hip hop. And I was the spelling bee third third place champion in the whole state of California for Pacific Bell. Nigga, the third place champion for Pac Bell. I came in third place. Third, nigga, Pacific Bell, third place spelling bee champion. Out the state. Out the state. Nigga, it's a state, California, the whole California. Yeah, if I tell them the word that fuck me up, they're going to be like, nigga, you couldn't spell. <laughs> you got to say the word, though. It's poisonous. Who? Poisonous. Get the, what, you was nervous? No, I was in the third grade and a bitch from Louisiana, Miss Bullany, bless her heart. She pronounced that shit so fucked up. I put an I in place of the G and fucking this shit up. nigga here, man. Yeah. And that's how you came in third? Yeah. This guy. All right, so look, we got the spelling bee champion, right? You go from that transition to ele- you in elementary, transition to uh, high school. You didn't really get to finish high school because you got shot. You moved I didn't up. finish high school, but I checked in college yep. and just took the entrance exam and aced it. And aced it. Uh, and- yeah, I ended up uh, going to Southwest College and Peoria, Peoria State College in Arizona. All right. So the only two colleges I went to, and my major was always child development. I okay. didn't have kids. I took child development in the event of me having kids. I had some education on them in case I don't get along with my baby mamas. I know that sounds crazy, but that's what I was on back then. And I ain't have no children. It don't I just knew crazy. in my heart I'm probably not going to be alone with the bitch. <laughs> no, it don't sound crazy to me. It just sounds like you was more self-aware. I was yeah. I was prepared for a bitch to get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> he already knew this man. He already knew what he wanted. Hey, but what, oh, bitch. Let me ask you this, man. But what, I love the kids. <laughs> I love the kid. So I ain't gonna lie. It's easy to deal with these kids and some of these women. But let me ask you, bro, because that kind of like it derailed your life. Like what? And you, we ain't even gotta get into the whole situation. We ain't don't know. We ain't gotta deal with that. The reason why. The reason why, bro. I don't mind getting into it because of who you are. Understood. So if you want to get into it, let's go. Uh, okay. So what? What? How? What happened on that first time you got shot? What? What? What happened? I was coming from school. Damn. 
put some niggas on the hood. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandmother dropped me off the bus stop. I took the bus to where I stayed, and I thought the bus niggas followed me, gunned me down, right? Shit. I, lost, um, I don't really know what happened because at that time, I thought I was living my life on so, so, such a solid level that nothing can't happen to me, blah, 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 blah. And when I ran and things happened, bumping that bootlegs and B-sides tape and, you know, that's why I, I was always bumping that was the niggas was busting on me. Damn. And uh, something that happened earlier that day right? that led up to me getting shocked that I eventually ended up murdering. Understood. The second shooting I got shot in Beverly Hills at the club Vesuvius. And Beverly Hills? And that was more, yeah, yeah, Beverly Hills, the second shooting, which was on Valentine's Day, just like the first shooting. Remember, when I got shot on Valentine's Day, the the first shooting on Valentine's Day, I vowed I would never celebrate it. I went six years, never, not six, four to five years not celebrating it, broke my rule, got shot again. Valentine's Valentine's Day, Day. what the fuck? Third Valentine, third time I got shot was uh, 2014, 310, in March, after I did the Jay Stalin video, nigga, we strapped. Wow. And the day he dropped that video, I got shot that video. I, was, I did a video with a, a nigga. It was right down 6, 7, 10. Was it how many yeah. How many shots? How many bullets you would say all together? Introduced? Which shooting? It, all, all together. A total. How many times you actually got hit with a bullet? Maybe seven. Damn, Kato. I lost my lung. On the last one, it went through my back, out my lung, out my collarbone. So that's why I talk like this now, because my voice didn't always sound like this. So this is the voice y'all get because um, I lost a lung. You know, your lung is like this. So now mine's like this. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I never knew. Damn, that's crazy, bro. A lot of people, because I know some people, a lot of homies that got shot and stuff, and they always tell me, like, it's like they see their life flash before. Was that like something that happened? Well, the first the first shot was the second shooting. Mm-hmm. I was in a coma for seven days. Damn. So I remember when I woke up and they was like, this is my sister, my brother Buddha, my uncle Donnie. Mm-hmm. I woke up. And so they're like, do you know what happened? I'm like, I got shot last night. The whole room. Oh my God. You got shot last week. Damn. So, I'm not trying to be on no whoopty woo, but I seen light. If people, you know, people always want to ask your ass in the room, what did you see? Mm-hmm. I seen light. That's it. And I thought I got shot last night. But it was seven days later. So I was in a coma for six and a half days. God. And uh, I was at Cedars. That's the only thing that saved my life. Because I was at Cedars Sinai, where I got shot at the Club of Suvies in Beverly Hills. It was right around the corner. Right around the corner, yeah. We know Cedars. You can, you can go to Google and go to the news and uh, Google February uh, 14, 15, 2001. Man gets into it at the club, gets shot. So it's all, it's all on there. Right. Damn. And so, then so the first time you get shot, you end up getting 
No, that's not the first. No, the, the no, first, first is coming from Chris Sean. That's after that's second. That's the second. And yeah, the first time I that shot coming from school. Right, which is the one? Did you get your I was eighteen years old? Damn. No, no, I, I, the record deal came in '94, but um, it didn't come off in light of that. I was coming from school, and 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 it's the blood niggas was doing their thing, and that's just how it happened. And okay, so I don't know if I was supposed to say that on your show. No, you good? No, just you edit it out. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Some yeah. Ni- I mean, some-, some of them is probably watching the. Sh- so I mean, you gotta remember, some niggas probably watching the show. Like, yeah, we shot cut, we shot blood. So it doesn't matter. It's just what it is. That's what reality shit is about. Understood. So somewhere after there, though, you get a deal, and that's when the MB thing coming. I didn't get a deal. I was my homeboy got a record deal, Marlon B, Marlon Blount, mm-hmm. and uh, he asked me to be his hype man, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what that was. I got arrested. Um, the day before the record deal, I had a, a couple of pounds of weed, got caught. Right. And um, I ended up, my Uncle Mac ended up bailing me out. Judge Doran, Inglewood. A lot of people don't even know about Judge Doran, mm-hmm. but he gave me probation. Okay. He ended up the mayor of Inglewood. God, that man. motherfucker, but uh, end up getting a little boop de boop, and um, it was just selling weed, my nigga. Like, right, you right, know right. what I'm saying? Right. And that's what you got the probation for. That's what I got the probation for selling weed, my nigga. And then it end up you violate probation, then you end up going to prison. Then you go to prison. Mm. It's like you know. Shit, nigga, you, you know, you're a real nigga out here, nigga. You, you know, right now, you but you you went to prison after you you started uh being the hype man for NBA before. No, 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 I didn't go to prison until later. The hype man with the MB shit, we ended up doing songs with JT the Finger Figure, Ice T, yep, uh, Booyah Tribe, Rest in Peace, Gangsta Red. We just died of COVID, uh-huh. Booyah Tribe, and um, shit, I got that shit just. Based on the fly, all my job was to do was get weed and bring bitches to the studio. That's all it that was. was. My only job. But how did you? Because you sent me a vid. You saw I seen the video you sent me, and then you where did you start eventually transitioning to just really rapping? It was like, I guess a lot of the input I was giving up was real valuable, because niggas don't know. I was one of the um, original members of Caution and got kicked out the group before Gonzo got there. Wait, wait. What's that? How you get kicked out? Boy. Never going to practice. Marcellus, Selmac, Cato about the east side. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a nigga named Dion and Ski. Then was the original members of Caution. Understood. I got invited to be in the group, but I just didn't. Go to practice and all that. So selling them kicked me out. So when caution that next year ended up blowing up mm-hmm. and they injected Gonzo in the group. Right. Which made it dope because he was always like, you know, saying the dopest motherfucker in that group. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that blew up. That's why. But uh, you notice I don't speak on that because I don't feel I have a part in caution's history to be speaking on that. Then I look like some cloud chasing weirdo. 
But since I'm on bro to produce some shit, mm. I'ma let niggas know the real. This and is know that shit too. first. And cuz know that shit too. Just like I was one of Nipsey Hustle, we was good friends on some real. He looked at me real respectful on the big homie underground too. Mm-hmm. Stone was in jail a lot of times. We had a lot of conversations and rocking and rolling and uh, 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 Robin Hood and Kavi Supreme is my cousin. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Keelan, that's my cousin. So, he's my cousin. So, you tapped in. He's tapped my in. friend. Hook to Rob. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's my friends. Right. So, but my job ain't to use none of that to look like I'm some cloud chasing noob. So, so it'd be hard for me to want to tell some of these stories because it make you look like you some nigga to this new generation of how the media go that you a weirdo cloud chaser nigga, but I'm fucking Kato. I, and sometimes period. you gotta like, let the people know where you come. It's a whole new generation out here. Like for real. Like I remember when people didn't even like Kendrick Lamar music. It was too wordy. Hey, they didn't look, like look, none of it. Let me they didn't like his shows when he was doing Rick Hard shows and certain Nick like come on, Rick Hard is the chilling circuit of the West Coast. <laughs> it was it was, it was a yeah. time when we all did a Rick Hard show. Right, right. Let's stop right. acting like cuz don't deserve his credit. Right. Yeah. He didn't put it, he didn't put it down. He didn't put in that work. And, and that's on all. <laughs> hey, look, you went from okay, so you kind of transitioned. What was the first rap song you would say you actually rapped on? Because you was really doing the hype man, bringing the girls, getting Rip the your set is the one. Like I, I'm gonna send you some of me and Ronald B's old EP. Oh. remember I sent you the video. I tried yep. to look so you could see. Yep, I think that was a well, paper chaser. Paper Chase. Paper Chase. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you did but Rep Your Set, when that dropped that Rep Your Set album, 2006, a lot of these niggas that's gang banging, they was sucking their mama's titties when that shit dropped. So it'd be hard to watch these niggas get attitudes with you. <laughs> but um, Rep Your Set was uh, 2006. That was the one I sold the most records on because it came out on Universal. So we sold over a million records, but Oh, damn. Uh, the paperwork getting put a lot of ways. A lot of niggas that signed their paperwork so they get their credit. I did. Uh-huh. So, Big Chuck and them, they fucked everybody out their money, but they still like kind of allowed us to have some type of notoriety and some popularity, but Big Chuck, Reputable Records, y'all foul how y'all did us, cuz. So whoever put our Reputable set on Bro the Producer Show, fuck y'all, y'all foul. Ooh-wee. But keep going. So, <laughs> so look, you do rep your set. That's pretty much the the, the, the biggest thing you did. Y'all, Me, Jackie Boy, and Baby Bo. Yeah, that means you go platinum. Yeah, that, that means you go platinum. And, and so you a platinum artist. Whether they like it or not, it's just I don't get the credit because how they did the the thing. We got fucked. Right. I get my. I get my. See, I get my residuals. And I get my motherfucking credit far as me signing the blue and the red packet. But a lot of niggas that they had rapping with some niggas on parole that didn't understand what was going on, so they didn't sign shit, so they didn't get nothing. Damn. So then they look at other niggas. Most of the niggas on that album is dead. Right. Or got a parole violation and never came back home. But most of the niggas on Rep Your Set are not alive. My favorite song on Rep Your Set it's from the West Side Pyro. It's called <laughs> Nigga, what it do? Just wet. And then I like that on crib with Home Street watching them. And Look, my um, I- Compton Nutty Block niggas. But this was my favorite joints. But just like 
I done been in niggas' hood, niggas hoods and their favorite joints is GP banging, banging, banging. We see banging, bang. I wrote that whole hook and everything. But you say, nigga, keep your thumbs up. Keep your thumb. Man, I got my thumbs up. I told Jackie Boy and Baby Boy, I said, let's make a song and make it sound like, nigga, we love being from our hood. All of these niggas sound like that. Being from their hood is bothering them. Hey, you know the, the the most one of the most memorable parts. Me and Dank, shout out to Dank. Me and Dank laugh at this. Dank, what up, Kyle? <laughs> hey, what he say, Kato? He lift up his stomach and said, "Harlem Crip, what my body say." <laughs> Harlem Crip, what my body <laughs> say? What he say? Stumped out, stuck up with a metal Free flag. ball. Stumped out, stuck out with the metal. make that ass collapse. <laughs> <laughs> hey. That was memorable, man. I remember all of that back then because I was I just I had graduated high school a year before that. But what what was it like? Because it was a lot of intermingling with the gangs on that thing. No, it wasn't. It, it's it really did it. When we did them songs, they locked everybody in their room. It was like the county jail. Oh well, see what they did, they didn't put us in a room with the BPSs or the Hoovers. Oh. It was Compton niggas in our in our spot. So it wasn't no direct enemies. Got you. So okay. even if they was from whatever Damu said in Compton, whatever Crip said in Compton, we didn't have a problem with them personally. But with the brothers that we did have a problem with personally, we were never in the building together. Oh, see, because I was I always thought that some way, somehow, y'all made and the up rules and- to the shit was no dissing. So the jungles couldn't diss us, and y'all couldn't diss the Hoovers couldn't diss. Whoever they got going on with, the Compton's couldn't diss, the Harlem's couldn't diss, the Long Beach niggas couldn't diss, the Avalon's, nobody couldn't diss no particular hoods. Understood. Would you say that's, that was like the, was that like the second coming of Banging on Wax, would you say? I wish it could have been because we had better rappers than Banging on Wax had. Mm, Banging on Wax had... Let's keep it real. We let's address, Ooh, the let's address in the room. it, nigga. Go, let's address the hardest this. song on banging on wax. Was what? Pyro love. love. Yeah, the hardest one. Right. Now, what's the hardest on rep your set? See, man. Of course, you gonna go with that. But you saying no, no, no. It's not of course. What? It's because enemies didn't tell me that. All right, all right. I'll take that. But you saying I, I'm only giving you this answer because that song has saved my life. Got it. You so that's my experience is telling me that my song, our song, has more fucking impact because my life has been saved off of it. You gotta pass off that song, is what you're saying. Understood. Multiple in different areas at different years. Understood. So but who was like? You know, because for one, I'm not no nigga running around receiving passes. But when you get somebody that give you the accolades of your work, that's not a pass, that's respect. And niggas need to know how to receive respect and shut the fuck up. Understood. And nothing wrong with receiving respect. So there's a it's a fine line between what you say, receiving respect and uh and giving the pass or receiving the pass. Yes, it's very fine line because the energy behind that pass you receiving, you're not going to look at it as, as you receiving it if you was holding your ground. If you receiving a pass so deep, that means you was in the victim mode of a situation and 
you just happy to get out of it. So that's a case by case scenario, and that's enough for me to judge. Understood. So you you so so back to this real quick because you said wait you said rep your set had the better rappers than than uh banging on wax. Yeah, better rappers than than um than banging on wax because banging on wax was always the blood niggas had the dopest side they had the dopest song they had to move. Yeah, you gotta rep your set. Even in songs that you thought was weak, the rappers on that motherfucker was dope. Check out that comp that song with the Long Beach niggas. Check out, check out the song with the um Nutty Box. Uh-huh. Niggas could rap. Now I'm now let, let me let, let me say this. This is what I'm gonna say, because I remember this shit. I remember both, right? I remember, of course. Uh, rep your set because I was older when that came out. Now, when I go back and I do my research because I'm a music connoisseur, right? Now, back in the day, the Bloods had it on lock. You had the Pyro Love. You had to. You talking about banging on wax though? That's okay, not the uh, same shit. It's it, okay. It's not the same shit. But somehow, some way, all of that shit started intertwining somewhere. You know why it's fucked up? Because we were specifically told we couldn't diss. Understood. Got you. They wasn't told that, so Got you can't you. compare the albums. Cause banging on wax, you you, you absolutely right. Cause they was cause you you had little stretch and then you had bloody mary, you had red run. Rest in peace, stretch. You didn't you what? But wasn't Sandlock, all that? We could not diss. They were like they were the first. They were pioneers, so it wasn't no rules. Wasn't no rules, so they was really they was some... happy to get bloods and creeps on the song on the album. Right. We were specifically told could not diss niggas hoods. Hey, would you say LA rappers was the first to start doing that? Because you know that's Chicago do that shit now. Chicago wasn't using that for real. For one, Chicago was representing niggas that was dope. There was a culture of gang shit. That was a secret. Mm. They're doing it now. Gotcha. New York. Everybody's doing it now because of us. Because since LA done turned down, every other state done turned up. Turned up. You're right about that part. Yeah. And then everybody gang banging and doing all of that type of shit. Because we ain't doing it no more. We still stuck off Nipsey. So we stagnated. So people are running in, run, taking the culture and running with it. Right. So look, let me. So you, okay. So we go from this, right? This is where we was at. You ended up, you got shot on three different occasions, went platinum, would rep your set. You heard it here first. And then where did you start getting into the whole, Definitely. the podcast lane? When that come about? Because okay, I didn't know you I, had a I, show I, that I, long. After I got shot in um, 2013, I recovered 2014. I came back, I saw a brother, brother by the name of Mikolo picked me up. We used to always come see me when I got hurt and we went to a marijuana function. I think it was a Cali Cup. Mm-hmm. And we ran the Yuck Mouth. Mm-hmm. Yuck Mouth was putting together or revamping Smoke Out Radio. He offered the job to Mikolo. Mikolo told him, no, I got somebody that'd probably be doper at this shit. And it was me. Mm. Me and Yuck already had kind of been around each other off of past things that was going on. But I don't think Yuck ever remembered me at the time. But once he remember who I was, he blessed me with a second call. We went and had lunch. And then we found Smoke Out Radio. And at that time, it was on Be Real TV. Would Be Real the rapper? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Be real. Cypress Hill. Uh-huh. You know, we was on that station for a minute. And then things transpired. Then um Yuck had to go do some a gang of touring. Be real had to tour. So it was like one time to do the show. I was doing my thing. And then we came back. When we came back, we came back in a different situation. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole time Simone Taylor was there and uh JR was there. Mm-hmm. But my being introduced to the show was it was invited to Michelob and he pushed it to me. So for us, I know somebody that could be better at than me. So shout out to Mick Michelob for keeping it real when, when ain't nobody looking. Michelob threw you the alley oop. Bottom line. Y'all, so y'all, y'all gotta, cause see, y'all got a different dynamic, man. <clears throat> y'all got a damn, you got a, you got Yuck Mouth. We already know Yuck. I got five on it. From the Bay, Oakland. He from the projects to be exact, right? I forgot what projects he's from. You the got, Bill, I believe. Yeah, there you go. You got Cato from LA, got the LA streets on lock. And then you got a porn star. How do where all how do all those dynamics work together? Where that shit even come from? Was that yeah, planned yeah. to do it like that, or everybody just it just happened? It was planned from yuck, but I didn't know that till later listening to some of his interviews with other stations and he had a master plan and it worked. So we're just gonna do what we gotta do to make so small a lot radio just take over these goddamn podcast airways. You feel me? Right. You ain't never lie, especially on the West Coast, because we need some more over here, baby, because we don't got too many running over here. We got everybody voice running our city but our own. But our own. You ain't never lie. Hey, what? what, what I want to say one thing. Shoot. No disrespect to Nick Cannon. Go ahead. I love Nick Cannon. Shout out but to He Nick shouldn't Cannon. have never been the voice of South Central or Los Angeles because he ain't from this shit. We always, South Central Los Angeles always get news from other stations, other cities. At one time, Steve Harvey was our voice. He from fucking Cleveland. Mm-hmm. At one time, Nick Cannon was our voice. He from San Diego. Mm-hmm. This is true. South Central diver- d- deserves their own voice. Doesn't have to be me, but it need to be some auditions out here where motherfucking South Central radios, Detroit radio, Chicago, every radio station needs one native on the staff of the voice of all their radio fucking platforms so we can stop whitewashing and watering down what the fuck is going on with our culture. Yep, I agree. Because Nick Cannon can't tell you nothing about no Crips and no Bloods. And it's only so much Big Boy can say because he's a star now. He ain't locked in no more. Right. He not out here 10 toes Because Big Boy is South Central. Right. And That's all is- we got, cuz. Well, hey, is DJ Head from uh, South Central? So Kato's putting himself out there as to let motherfuckers know on Broder Producer Show, South Central need their own fucking voice. You heard it. You Nigga, heard it here Motherfucker. First, you heard it. Hey, let me ask. Is DJ Head from... Is he DJ Head from... uh? I thought he was from here, homegrown radio. He probably is. I, I, I'm not. I, I don't know him personally, so I don't know. Got you. I'm not dissing it. it, 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 it DJ Head. No, this ain't no diss. This ain't no diss at all. No, that's saying people South Central. That's because L.A. We the biggest motherfucker media fucking shit other than New York, and we tired of motherfuckers from everybody everywhere else with a voice on our shit. Right. That's a look perfect segue because I, I seen when you had posted uh, earlier 
and we been I've been on the on the council Vlad shit. What's your what's your take on this nigga DJ Vlad? Explain your uh, what's your opinion about him and how he conducted. You go, you go to my first um interview when I was on Gangster Chronicles. I said, "Who was he to question our culture?" When he said, "We should be happy for reparations," didn't he disrespect Farrakhan? Mm-hmm. But then you got rappers that still hopping on this shit doing this thing. I'm not judging no nigga, mm-hmm. but if you can run on underground up and coming niggas like Bro the Producer shit and say whatever you're going to say, mm-hmm. you should be able to stand up for shit when you go on these other platforms. Don't use Bro the Producer shit to be the catalyst for you faking like you with the movement. But when it's time to be with the movement, you ain't with it. Just want to move, bitch. Understood. Bottom line. How much more do you need out of dude to understand that dude is not about us? That nigga's not I don't know him. him. Never met him. Um, I got some videos and features I did with other niggas that ended up on this platform. Who gives the fuck? I'm not the fucking rapper industry nigga or that gives a fuck about being on. So you're gonna get nothing but the truth from me. Right. Cancel Vlad. You heard it, cancel Vlad. What? So, how much? How much of this? Because the whole thing is now in the news. You got Casanova that just got caught, and in the news, you saying they using. But Casanova ain't the first. He's just the most famous. Now watch. Look, they saying they using his interviews right now. I, I say this: Vlad play a part in this, but how much of a a, a, a role do the niggas play by keep going on there asking all of these? These questions, answering the questions, knowing damn well you don't have to answer no question. You can say next question, but they, they got, keep giving they him got the ammo. 80, they got eighty percent of the blame, but at the same time, why don't you never ask these niggas nothing about the actual reason that you got them on the show? He don't ask about your music. Ask about when your album coming out. Ask, I'm gonna have to pause for a minute. Pause it for a minute. Go ahead, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Got you. Um, Wait. Uh, My bad, man. I had to go to the bathroom, man. Oh, yeah, handle your business, man. You gotta, yeah, gotta handle your business, man. Yeah. Now, what was I saying? Where the hell did we leave off at? Oh, damn. Let me get this out the way. All right, but yeah, for shit. Look, let me ask you this. Cause you made hey, you made a good point, and I started doing some research when you texted me that when we was talking the other day, you was talking about game going platinum and shit, right? But yeah. what we we was previously talking about uh, South Central Native representation within the radio. But let me fast yeah. forward real quick. Who the hell yo? Who are your top five favorite rappers? Your most influ who influenced you of all times, dead or alive? Tupac, Nas, Q, MCA, Rakim. Tupac, Nas, Cube, MC8, Rakim. That's five. Richie Rich. And Richie Rich, Richie Rich from the Bay. Hey, Richie, I seen y'all Richie Rich interview Richie Rich like a player. That nigga kind of reminded me of myself. I like that nigga, man. But look, that's funny that you said that. Now, you don't have to answer that. That's not no order, though, but them is my guys. No order. Okay, got you. Okay, well, disclaimer, hold on. Disclaimer, Scarface. Okay, got you. 
So let me ask you this. Do you have a top five list of rappers today? Like the young niggas. This nigga, this nigga say, no, he look like he didn't froze on me. This nigga froze? Damn. Can you hear me? The fuck happened to the dog? Damn. Huh. I'm back in. Can you hear me? We back in? Yeah, we back on. There we go. My bad, man. You all right. What you was, did you hear what I was asking you? You said today. Yeah, today, young niggas today. I know the rap way different, but who you got today? Said five, not five, nigga. He can't even get five. God damn. I like Savvy Third. All right, he hard. I like um, FT Hop Out. Okay. Um, Hop Out from Compton, Savvy Third from um, 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 um. What's cuz name? Black ass nigga. Compton A V. A V. That's three. Tay F third. Four. And does Jay Stone count as a rapper of today? Hell yeah. Fuck you mean that nigga got platinum. We got plaques, nigga. No, yeah, yeah. So Hell yeah. Put him in the front of all them niggas and then name them niggas. Nigga, you count, Jay Stone count, uh, Pac-Man count, everybody. But I ain't, I ain't a rapper like that, so I, you know what I'm saying? I don't care about none of that, nigga. You sold a million. If you want anything that sold a million, brother, can't, the average nigga can't sell no million. You better let niggas know, man, you sold a million records. I don't give a damn if it's on Rep Your Set. I don't give a damn if a nigga feature. I don't give a damn what it is. A nigga sold a million on a song he wrote the hook on. Yeah, nigga, get that accolade for sure. But I, I appreciate that, man. Not a problem. Well, let me take look. This is I, I have to ask you this one, Tato, because I'm just wondering. And this for me, it was like Davies. <laughs> don't leave my little don't leave my little New York homie out, me, nigga. <laughs> but the like whole phase I love thing, man. Talk, Talk to me about what just explain your take on the phase I love Davey situation. For one phase I love ain't got no business speaking on him and this friendship because I know for a fact Nipsey loved Davies. They yep. was friends. Yep. Real niggas. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm I'm a friend of Davies. Mm-hmm. That's my young homie. That's that's a good nigga. On some human being shit. Righteous. Phase on, as you can see, just this whole talking about he wasn't. Where the fuck he talking about? Yeah. So I think that he sound like he mad Robert Townsend ain't putting him in no more movies. This nigga want to be a meteor. Because nigga. when you come up under legends like Robert Townsend and, and, and the level that Face Online was on, mm-hmm. it'd have been dope if it'd have been like Big Worm speaks and he dissed everybody. So it'd have been like, ah. He's speaking it from a But character. when he's doing it like he's doing, I don't have no respect for that. And I know that I'm probably not in the uh, tax bracket for him to even give a fuck about what I'm talking about. But I think that's his thing, but I think he should put the perm on, come out of the ice cream truck, have that podcast that's talking shit about rappers then and actors and everybody. Do it then like Big Worm Speaks. And then it'll be 
it'll be celebrated more. But right now, you just sound like a fat, hating-ass nigga or a, a, a unsung, hating-ass nigga mm. or an accomplished, hating-ass nigga. Because if you're from the trenches and the gutter that you proclaim to want to represent, you would know that we all look up to energy like you. So you acting like that don't have no weight because we don't want that out of you. That's not what we want out of you, nigga. Understood. So you're 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 undercutting your own weight. So the respect that you scratching the pavement for, we willing to give you if you just come out of ice cream truck, put the perm on and say, yeah, and diss everybody and talk that shit and fuck Davies and fuck Ho and whoop whoop. But it's big worm speaks. Understood. But it's too late to be taking gangster mm. when this is really crib. Hmm. I get you. I, I, this I, really I, is crib. Hmm. This really is blood. This really is groove. This really is move. No one has time for games out of accomplished people that decide, fuck it. I, no, you don't get to do that, bro. Because when niggas was on, nobody wasn't pulling our gutter ass up from the trenches. She ain't finna keep cow chasing off this real shit. So wherever you from in Dago on Damu shit, they would they supposed to check you, say, look, nigga, be what you are and then say that shit. Cause I think it's entertaining. Hmm. But you gotta be big worm. You can't be full-fledged face on love because it's too late when you've been butt naked on Adam Sandler movies and you came up under legends. So we expect comedy out of you. You can't go back and be tough. It's not gonna work. Yeah, because I so I'd rather you just be face on love, big one talking that shit, than gangster blood or whatever you're doing. Because at this time, you're never gonna be the recipient of a drive-by, and you're never gonna be the person that's doing a drive-by. So mm. you're playing with people culture that really all we got. And these people in this culture, that's all we got. We looked up to niggas like you. Hmm. You let us down with thinking that what we was doing was better than what you was doing. It's not. We want to be like you. Why you want to be like us. Nigga. Well, I'm perfect segue. You want we want to be like you, but why y'all want to be like us? What is your real opinion on? Out of town, Crips and Bloods. What, what's it's that not about? a pain no more because look, you got to remember these kids didn't come up under Biggie and Tupac. Mm. These children from New York didn't grow up hating LA. These niggas in LA didn't grow up hating New York. That's true. So you can't expect them. First off, fuck the bitch. And, no. If you was from that generation, you understand that. I have no problem. Mm-hmm. With people finally recognizing and realizing that we've been mocked and mimicked and and all of the above. Only difference is social media, bro. Right. The producer. That's the only difference. Mm-hmm. New York niggas ain't no bitch ass niggas. LA niggas ain't no bitch ass niggas because they want to put on Timberlands. And a New York nigga ain't no bitch ass nigga because he want to put on Chucks. And that's my answer. Understood. Understood. Run up on that New York nigga. Run up on that West Coast nigga. 
Run up on that South nigga. Figure it out. Run up on a nigga from the South. Run up on a Run up on that Baltimore nigga. That Texas nigga. That Carolina nigga. And then text me back. Bust your ass. You got a point about that, Kato. You ain't never lied, man. I just never, you know, for me, man, it's just so funny to see how negative shit have a huge influence. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, now that I look up and see, because let me revert back. I listen to Dave East. Dave East hard as hell. And when I look at Dave East interviews, all I'm not from nowhere, but I know a lot of niggas from your hood. And all of the real ones tapped in with Dave East. So when Faison Love for said one, that, For one, and we're going to hope you use this as a caption. Yeah. Dave East was not introduced to the 30s as a rapper. Davies was met at a hood day. Just so happened when he got in the position to get it in, he tapped in with his niggas that he remembered from that hood day and that Wutu. But he didn't check in with LA. He just let us know he was home. So he came here to a hood day. Harlem Crips in Los Angeles embraced our New York homies. Harlem Crips tapped in with him. So there's no disrespect, West Coast, East Coast. When they come to our happy community, and that's my answer. Understood. Because that's I the seen, low. That's my that's my little homie, cuz. Straight up. When I seen Dave East, and I know for a fact Nipsey loved cuz. Righteous. That was his friend. Mm. So the man, the other guy, has no 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 business questioning somebody's friendship. This is true. And no Damu can question nobody's cracking and they cripping, and no Crip nigga can question somebody's Damu-ness. And real niggas know that. That's how you know that dude that we was talking about is not of the culture that we speak on because he would know it's an underlying unwritten rule. That's nothing, nothing that Crips and Damus do. Keyways and Damus don't even get out like that. Then I walk the prison yard. I'm not a gangbanger, but I know that rule. I'm just saying. Not about being a gangbanger. It's well, about, about being a realist the of the culture get... and the society and the side of town you're from. You born and raised in one of the most notorious neighborhoods in the history of hip-hop and they halfway run the industry. Mm-hmm. So do you want me to go there on you, nigga? No. Do you want to get interviewed, bro? Nah, nigga, All, right. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Cause that's that's what I. There is nothing wrong with motherfuckers loving other brothers and catering and adapting and becoming magnetic to people's swag and style. There's nothing wrong with that. Let's change that narrative, niggas. Get off your own dick, cause you're gonna end up fucking yourself. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> and tell them Kato sent you. K T O E. Kato's. <laughs> Now I got a I got I got one for you. This this right here, bro. For me, I, I feel different. I, I got all kind of opinions on this shit, but this, I'm getting kind of tired of it. But I need your honest opinion, and you don't even have to answer yes, this. Sir, you gonna get honest out of me because I ain't got listen. You don't, got listen you don't gotta answer this question, right? But look, all right. What the fuck did you have an opinion on the whole MCA JoJo Capone Nate Hill shit? Well, when I listen to everything that's going on. For one, y'all acting like MCA 
is AWAC. Mm. All right. Y'all was wanting to answer from AWACS. Understand. That man is a successful platinum hit movie. Got hired for a job. That man get hired for a job is not required to know whatever the first person that hired him has going in their personal life. Mm-hmm. But since the internet then gave bitch people a voice, you get to curtail and curve a certain narrative. Right. I don't have an opinion on it because nothing happened like that. It was just something to talk about because he was in some papers of a trial, but he was asked about services rendered upon him as a rapper and a singer and an actor mm. with a movie out that's cracking. Why wouldn't Old Boy Chicago want cuz or something? Mm-hmm. I didn't see nothing about we was dropping some shit off and, and we was and is that in there? Now, uh, to be honest with you, no crime is in the shit we're talking about. It's just a person talked to authorities. Okay, he was not a civilian. He's a fucking platinum rapper, singer, whoopie woo. Right. Answering the question of a person that hired him for a service, my nigga. Oh, understood. At that day and time, what nobody, oh no. Oh, oh, well, he wasn't breaking the law. So what no reason not to fucking answer a question? He wasn't in the middle of, he didn't even know cuz on the level of what cuz be doing. Understood. Understood. Now, maybe the evidence was used of what the, the answer was, but that's not in cuz power. He got paid to do a movie from what I read and seen. Mm. He's MC fucking eight with two or three platinum albums, a, a, a movie out, which was the reason he got asked. Mm-hmm. He didn't get asked because he had the fire on deck. He asked, he got asked because he got a goddamn movie in the platinum album. You, he got asked. He ain't no got civilian. Out. That nigga wasn't no civilian. He was an actor. So I don't know what you asking me. Because I didn't see no wrong in being your goddamn self. Cause the same the self yeah. that was able to you to get the hundred thousand because you accomplished something. Mm. So that's why Jojo, what's in the Jojo, right? That's why Jojo wants to pay him or whoever do whoever we talking about wants to pay him because cuz accomplished something. Not Jojo, it was Nay Hill, not Jojo Capone, Nay Hill. Yeah, okay. Nate Hill wanted to hire MCA because yeah. MCA had, acquired, uh, uh, had accomplished being a platinum rapper in a bomb-ass movie. That's why they even know each other. They didn't know each other from selling shit and rocking shit and doing shit. So shut the fuck up. They know each other from business only. Man, they know each other because Nate was a fan. Understood. <laughs> he wanted his favorite rapper in a movie. And he was willing, he had the money to pay for it. Do not pe- penalize MCA for being talented and wanted by the hustlers. He yeah. didn't ask MCA how much for three pounds and how much for three bells or name asked because that. He asked cut to be in a movie. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> nah, I, I understand what you're saying. Now let me ask you this. Because of 
MCA's background, right? He's expected to 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 be a certain way. So is it a wait 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 go ahead what's its back what's its background being just being a gang member from the streets just being a crip was he should he have was he supposed to plead the fifth at bro, that time or bro 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 mm -hmm. you don't know mca from being a crip or a gang bang you know mca from being a rapper righteous true that so happened to be from the crip culture and the gang bang culture but your first inclination of mca was not that what you just said i get it i get it because i didn't i never met him personally so he's entitled to give y'all his street shit when that's not how y'all even know him he's an artist and a fucking uh, uh a celebrity you're asking too much of a celebrity worship gotcha. your daddy and your uncle get off mca dick and worship your daddy and your uncle and your brother and your grandpa don't worship MCA. Got it. I that ain't why MCA is MCA. He's MCA because he's fucking MCA. Not because he's your fucking role model. Mm. You gonna tell your daughter to go worship Whitney Houston? But ain't nothing wrong with listening to her music. Say no more. You put it. And, I, and I'm not. Okay. You put you put <laughs> you put the shit in perspective for me at that. Yeah, yeah. You, cause it, it, right now, bro, it's a whole. Everybody want to expose. Everybody I mean, love Kirk Franklin. Everybody love gospel. But are you gonna ask me a question about his sex addiction? To porn? Addicted to porn? No, you're not. No, you're not. Because you want to hold on to why you like Kirk. So why MCA can't get that? I, <laughs> you, <laughs> I, <laughs> I get you. I agree. I don't, I, me personally, I don't chew, I, I don't speak on street shit no more because I, you know, I just period because I ain't in the street. I can say my opinion though. The only thing, when I first saw it, I was just trying to figure out like, okay, this shit happened how many years ago? And he told his side of the story. Nigga got hired to do a job and they asked him a question and he answered the question based off whoever plugged him in what he told him to say. So my next thing was. Oh, the producer. Yeah. He was talking. From a civilian's point of view, got you. He's a star. Right. He's a celebrity. He's My not. He didn't just get through selling three dimes, and somebody caught him. The niggas with the dimes, and the dimes had ease on them, and they asked him where they got the dimes. Don't let's stop doing that, bro. You can get this nigga whole fan base and whole thing fucked off off a misconception of how we're presenting shit. Let's be more responsible as media niggas, my nigga. Mm. Mm. Let's be more responsible, my nigga. It ain't it ain't responsible what mm. niggas be doing. Mm. It ain't responsible. You tried to mix real life situations with why you looked up to a nigga, and the whole time you looking up to this man for his movie role, and you don't know him personally at all. Know whatsoever. Aaron was a, was a Aaron Tyler. Mm. We watched him, and let's praise the fact that him and DJ Quick is dope as fuck. Did some songs, and they rocking together. Right. We, we, we putting this energy on bullshit. Nobody, nigga, fuck cuz from Chicago and his folks. For the simple fact, you're only doing this for some shit. Mm. It's not about that. You niggas had a gang of years when MySpace was popping. You could have came out with this story. Ain't this shit old as fuck? Mm -hmm. I can't respect your timing. And tell him Kato said it. 
well, shit. You heard it here first. Kato said it, man. We're going to move on from that one. I don't respect your timing. You're not trying to inform us of somebody that's a detriment to society. You're trying to shit on people. I don't respect that. Mm. Understood. (laughs) We're going to move on to the next topic, man, because I, yeah, that's a it get it gets deep and it gets tricky with that man. It get it get crazy. And I'm not a personal friend of eight. Mm-hmm. I'm not none of that. The gatekeeper. The it's just some shit is both. Right, right. My because my opinion on it was when I was looking at it outside looking in, I was trying to trying to figure out okay, like because I seen face. Shout out to your Golden Girl shirt too, nigga. What? <laughs> That's my shit. Let yeah, me go nigga. get my golden girl Thank shirt. Thank you for being a friend. I got one too, nigga. Nigga said, I have one. Travel down. Okay. <laughs> hey, don't get my golden girl shirt. Hey, hey, let me, hey, nigga. You, have you ever did stand-up comedy? Travel down the road and back, back again. Your heart is true. You're a power Thank you for being a friend. Nigga, stupid. Go down. Hey, you ain't. Oh, no, we got talking that chicken. We have fun. Hey, you, you ain't never did stand up. You ain't never did comedy before. I'm not funny like that on purpose. I'm only fun. Oh, nigga, wrong, nigga, wrong, nigga, wrong. They try to get. I was listen, homie. You talking to the class clown, nigga? I'm just interviewing you right now. Don't get it twisted, nigga. You better ask the niggas that know me. You better ask Dankin them. I'm the I'm the, I'm the ultimate bagger, nigga. The problem with me is people used to try to tell me that all the time, right? The problem was, I'm like, nigga, I, I can't sit down and be that and be funny on cue. Whole time I start studying these niggas. Most of these niggas is sitting back writing their jokes anyway. Nigga just ain't never took the time out to write no material to even try to do the shit. Well, I'm going to tell you like a great hood rat once told me. <laughs> this nigga here, You man. can't cry with spilt nut. You can't cry with spilt nut. Okay. <laughs> what you, th- you thought the hood rat was going to say? You were sitting waiting for some prolific shit from a hood rat? Yeah, you don't need you ain't ready yet, man, nigga. You're right. <laughs> game on a nigga who died just got game on a nigga. Wait, I- hey, whole time I wait for something to come behind it, man. This nigga can't retarded as fuck, man. Nigga shit, this nigga stupid, man. I'm that's like, what I'm okay. on, bro, the producer shit, man. That's what, that's what I do. Man, this nigga, Kato, you a fool, man. You a goddamn fool. Hey, you, oh, you, wait. You had a, uh, you just had a set. Well, I ain't, I don't think I should say that. Should I say that? Because I don't know if you, because you're going to drop the music soon. You had to no, you say what you want to say, bro. I ain't tripping. It's all love. You had so you working on a project, and I know you had a, a session. Yeah, I'm working on a project called the Globe Trotter, the Harlem Globe Trotter. Oh, that's and, cool. um, I like that title. That it's, a, um, it's a it's a it's a basically a CD I did with uh, I, I do a lot of traveling. I did a lot of traveling before the COVID nineteen. I 
and uh, from New York. Yep. And uh, certain places I went, I did a lot of music. So I put all the music together. So I, I made a project. Okay, got it. And you. I did it as my bucket list project, basically like my kids know, keep on with your shit. Niggas that fuck with me. The 17 fans I do have, you know, let them know, you know, they niggas still in the building. So I just, I, I've been sending you a couple of the joints, but uh, I got 45 fans. I got 45 fans, my nigga, and I just want to drop the album for their ass. So I'm just going to sell 40 albums, but that's enough, man, because they've been, they been waiting so long. Let them know. It, hey, it'll stream more than that. Let me ask you, because you say you dropping it for your kids. It's, it's the bucket list album, right? Do you regret, like, because this is what I always wanted to know. Because a lot of these females today, boy, that got these OnlyFans and all that, they're going to get to regretting some shit later on when their kids get older. But do you ever, like, because you got kids now, do you ever, your kids look at your rep, your set, do you feel some type of way or do you regret it or do you like that was a part of my life? I don't because um, of what I turned that into. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I denied being on that album three times. Mm -hmm. Jackie Boy, I tell you, I said no a few times because I was already rapping, like I said, and I didn't want to mark myself. And and um, at that time, you didn't represent your hood with your music. You made music. I, I was one of the first niggas on the underground tip they used to run around on the chitlin circuit banging the hood with my music. And then I ran across other niggas that was doing it too. Niggas from Long Beach, niggas from Compton, mm. niggas from Pasadena, niggas from Pomona. You know what I'm saying? And um, when I was doing that chitlin circuit shit, that's when Nip was coming up. Mm. So when um, at that time, a lot of um, um, interesting ass advice I would give Nip. Cause he wasn't always, you know what I'm saying? He was like the new up and coming nigga about the 60. My homeboy reminded me the other day, cause I, was, I think I was uh, posting up some of the footage with me and him at a birthday party, free CD, and my boy CD, Corvain Cooper's daughter's birthday party. Yeah, that he was, was like, you don't remember when so Nip? Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, you don't remember when Nip used to give you his CD and you told that nigga keep grinding? I didn't remember that. But you ain't listening to my homeboy. That nigga Nip? <laughs> At that time, it wasn't it wasn't a diss. It was he, that's when he had that Lincoln that he be talking about Understood. the uh, the cream one. Understood. And he, he was at Sloss and Donuts, and um, he had gave me a CD because you know I'm, I'm real close. You know, Cobby Supreme, Cousin Capone, Hustler Rob, yeah, did my locs. right? Robin Hood, you know, what I'm saying fast rest in peace. Mm -hmm. You know, what I'm saying at one time with a lot of the Crippin, Nip hadn't came outside yet. Understood. So when he was the rapper that was outside at the time of the statement that I'm saying, yep. it's just real. You know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. about me trying to, you know what I'm saying? It, it's just real shit. Right, right. Stone, right. Stone's yeah. locked up. Um, this was before any of those mixtapes. Bullets Ain't Got No Name hadn't came out of none of that yet. We were still doing public access shows. Damn. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't no what I'm the story I'm telling you is not a story of Nipsey. It's a story of a young rider that came up out the South Central thing that ended up becoming Nipsey. Becomes Thundercat turned into Nipsey. 
He wasn't even Thundercat yet. He had the flat top still. It was in a rent park. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't even that yet. You know what I'm saying? So it's not about me putting a trying to find a cracking in somebody's crippling or glitching somebody's matrix, but it's a picking order on this West Coast shit and on the South Central shit. Mm-hmm. Tylo, you know what I'm saying, was the nigga on the 60 clip rap right? shit. And he ended up doing 12 years. Tiny, Tiny Amp, right? Yes, that's my friend. Shout out Tiny Amp. Yes. I, I know of you know him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so when you look at the interviews and he say what he say with the passion, he say it's the truth. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And we proud and we honored. You know what I'm saying? Because every underground rapper in the history of every hood would love to have did it like Nip did it. This is true. But I think Nip would tell y'all. Guys are cribs. I don't, don't care what nobody Nip. say. But, but this is something I want to put on your show. Uh-huh. I think Nip would tell y'all this. Being a nigga that smoked. When I was uh, still smoking Swishers and he dissed me for backwoods and yeah. I wouldn't wear baggy pants. He like, bro, eventually you're going to have to learn this about fashion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're not about the skinny jeans. It's about fashion. Right. But I think he would tell motherfuckers, he don't want y'all to be the next nip. He wants y'all to be the first whoever the fuck you are. Mm. I think he would tell you that. Mm. Be the first John, Susie, Kimmy, Jalen, Kobe, whatever fuck your Alize, whatever fuck your mama named you, be the first that, not the next nobody else. Because that's what he broke his neck to be. Snoop wanted him to be Little Snoop, and he put him on the We Are the World, and Little Snoop is Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> yeah. Nipsey told him, uh-uh. I'm, I'm, I'm Nipsey. Ask Steve Lobel. Steve Lobel always knew that was going to be the first Hermes. I knew Black Sam. I knew what? I knew Nip. I'm cousin. Cody Supreme is my fucking cousin. Mm. But we from the same side of town and on some human being protocol shit. Mm-hmm. There is no reason in the world not to represent that energy, but understand that Nip wanted y'all to be the first whoever y'all are. He don't want y'all to be the next Nip. He wants y'all to be first whoever the fuck you are. <clears throat> I think that's what Ernie is to say. You know what's so crazy? Because, <clears throat> you know, I met Nip a few times, right? And, and you know, Nip went to school on the east side, too. He went to Markham and shit. But, yeah, Marco. yeah, yeah, but long story short, we get to the shout out my my shady boy from your hood. Yes, my nigga. Yeah, shady is me, shady boy, dank. <clears throat> Few of the other homies, right? Nigga, this years ago. This one Nip had the studio. Dank, what up, house. nigga? That song banging, nigga. Who you say, dank? Oh yeah, look. The new joint, yeah. He got some. He got some shit dropping too. He got a new feature coming too. He dropped something today. Yeah, he got the shit with Icewear Vezo. But look. That one. That one. Yeah. yeah. This, look, so this, I met Nip through Shady Boy, right? But exactly. We at the studio, and I come to the studio, I had some beats, but I remember Nip, he was writing and recording a song for Power 106. It was maybe like a drop or maybe like a, I think like a theme or anthem for like the Lakers or something. And we was there for a minute. I'm like, L.A. Leakers. L.A. Leakers. Has been. And I'm like, damn, this nigga Nip. 
he was writing the song for a long time when we was there, right? He was taking a long time. So we end up leaving. I see the nigga at undefeated getting some shoes. This one, remember, we had that little silver bins, the little bitty coop. I remember that little silver bin. He had like some silver bins, like a little coop or something. Yeah. I remember he had champagne that. color. There's a little champagne color joint. Yeah. And this nigga, man, he this nigga hops out at undefeated. This nigga got on khaki shorts, house shoes, and a t-shirt. And a nigga, <laughs> you can hear he walking the store with his slides on this shit, right? This is how I knew. This is something so small. I knew this nigga Nick was he was solid. Cause the first time we went to the studio, he like I'm still writing, but here, give me your number. We gonna link up on some other shit. So I hit him one night, and I was on my way to the studio, but he forgot to call me back. But I call him. And he like, my bad, bro. I had to go pick up a check in Glendale. Somewhere he had to go do. So that day mm-hmm. passed. I see this. Then after that, I see me undefeated. So that nigga like, I'm like, what up? Nigga? He like, what's up, bro? He looking. I'm like, yeah, man. Shady boy. And then the last, he like, oh, hell yeah. He like, yeah, nigga. He like, this is what he said. He, I didn't even ask him. He stopped. Kato, he like, you got my number? I'm like, yeah, I still, you got the same number still? He like, no, nigga. Take my new number there. I got a new number. Yeah, yeah. This a nigga I ain't, we ain't grew up together. And at that time, he had his notoriety and everything. He had been, came off the song with Gang. He been, he had, he been, came off the song with Lloyd and, and all of the above. This is after, you know. And that's what I'm saying. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Motherfucker kept it high when nobody was looking. When nobody, Kato, when nobody was looking, Kato, the same shit you're doing right now. The same thing you doing right now is the same shit that nigga did. When ain't nobody looking, Kato came on here and showed me love. This nigga don't got to. Kato got his Kato got his own show that he doing. Kato got his own show that he doing. He a platinum artist that he doing with other platinum artists that got much more notoriety than me. You feel what I'm saying? But with that being said, a person like you, and, and let's say you get to, or just even on Nip Stature, do you lead a hood at a certain point? It's a it's a part about his death that people forget mm. that a month prior to for him dying, it was no sunshine. Mm. He was outside because it was finally the sun out. It was a Sunday. It was one of them days. He a California kid. He came outside and it was one of them days. So you get people to say, he ain't supposed to be up there. Wooty, wooty. That man was at work. And his job. Place of business. Something happened. Something happened. So you come in hindsight of what you asked me? Of course not. No. Mm. I'm never gonna do none of that because what happened with our brother was a situation. It wasn't the way of life. something happened. And that's just how you see it. And when you love this city and you love this lifestyle and you love this love so much, I honestly don't think he would have had it no other way. Mm. If you could 
wake him up and ask him how he wanted to pass. You would say that's what he I think he'd have still did it in front of his own shop. Mm. But I don't want to disrespect Black Sam and the family. So I don't mind. You don't have to edit this out. I don't mind this coming out. Mm-hmm. But it mean no disrespect. But the vibe and the essence of what he was might sound cliche. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he'd have wanted it no other way. Mm. That's deep. That's some deep shit, Kato. And it's crazy to say, you know, because that, that that the first song I heard, the biggest one that got it popping, because we all know about the Bullets Ain't Got No Name series and everything, and Slauson Boys and all of that. And he, um, but then when that Day Road came out with Game, Day Road rolling on Slauson. That shit right there was one of the first ones that like kind of sealed the deal for me and hustle in the house, right? But I'm like, it's funny that you said. What about when keys to what about when keys to the city came out? Bro, I wasn't on half of that then. The songs that that really got me was fucked your whole you fucked your whole throat box off by not knowing I got the keys to the city. Hold up, cat. I got him radio in. Yeah, nigga, you got me. Where my sailor? Where my sailor? Where my sailor phone? This nigga, Kato Foya. Kato Foya. Hey, man, I'm telling you. Hey, did you get that old video I sent you? I know I fucked you up. Which one? The one with MB? That one? Yeah. Yeah, nigga, I seen it. I'm like, damn. I look. Bro, to be honest with you, Kato, you know, you know what what I felt when you sent me that video. It ain't even about the video, it ain't about nothing. You know what it did for me, bro? I'm gonna be I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. Nigga, I'm younger than you. That make a nigga like, how the fuck can I quit and stop doing what I'm doing? I'm looking at it like this nigga got way more years in than me. Sometimes we get up and be like, damn, I feel like I've been working and I'm working and I'm working and the shit ain't turning over for me. Ain't nothing happening, you know? But then I'm looking at people like, shout out to my uncle Steve, Studio Steve, man. Studio Steve, what up, my nigga? He, look, bro, y'all, it's like, I'm looking at it like, damn, he really been working from this to, to rep your set, to this, to that, to that. And then I start to realize that there's an ultimate outcome to this. Eventually, people, you building your resume, somebody gonna see your resume eventually. You know what I'm saying? So it made me, it, for me, it's just more motivation, like, nigga, because I'm feeling like, nigga, I've been doing something too long, but like, damn, I can't land this or land that. Like, man, you don't got no excuse, nigga. Just keep grinding, keep doing what you're doing, and the shit gonna pan out for you, long as you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You feel what I'm saying? And that, that's why I tripped out when I seen the whole MB, the paper chase shit, nigga. Yeah, because um, when we had talked, I'm like, a lot of people don't know, because see, on Smoke A Lot, I don't push a rapper line. It's just, I'm the, I'm the host, that's what we rocking. Uh, do anybody know you rap on Smoke A Lot? Not really. Well, they know, because of the- They don't know I'm from YA, Dog Pound, Entourage. They don't know I'm Kato for you from Entourage, YA with me and Roscoe, Corrupt Little Brother. 
They don't know none of that shit. Oh, give them what? So, so give us a quick uh, synopsis on that. Yeah, that was a group, or what was it? Okay, look, me and TriStar, uh, TriStars, which is Lil Corrupt from Dog Pound, Entourage, um, which Chris Shaw High together, me and him, Slow Stallone. You know, I thought rapper with Marlon B. Woochie Woo, so I came back and uh, me and my nigga Bob Lamus formed Kadiya, which is K A D I Y H, was creative and diverse, intelligent, young and hungry. Mm-hmm. I teamed up with TriStar and joined, and it, it was, um, I joined the group and was inaugurating the group and, you know, Young Assassins, which y'all know about Corrupt. Why? And Roscoe, Why? Young Assassins. Mm-hmm. Entourage, you know, Tribe, Bizzle, Calhoun, Slow, Tone, Skull, Corrupt. And I joined the group, but I was already a person that did his thing. But me and TriStar is, is super friends. And uh, we did our entourage thing. That's this E upside down on my neck. Everybody want to know what that tat is. It's tat. That's entourage rider gang. All right. Entourage so, rider gang. I joined the group. And, um, you know, that shit made me a tighter artist personally because fucking with them niggas, you got to rap. Mm. got to have bars. got to get it in. Mm. Like, I don't think a lot of West Coast rap groups can fuck with Y80. When it's all together with Trosco, every it ain't too 